Welcome to Beerfield. I am your host at Hot BFF with two Ps. As always, joined by Thurry. Wait, no, those aren't our Twitter yeah, handles. I was like, anymore. wait a second, did we it's, change back? We did not. No, I'm at Beerfield Hop with two Ps. As always, joined by Beerfield Thurry. WCW teams will they get us copyright claim? We survived DDP's knockoff of Nirvana. Smells like Team Spirit. So, uh, little vampiro tonight. Yeah, Hell how yeah. are you? This is the part where I ask you how you were doing. Oh, I'm good. I got a little, uh, I got a little rounding prior to, uh, prior to us setting this up. I was in the middle of watching a Game of Thrones episode rank video and just laughing at how bad the ending 13 episodes were. But that was fun. More or less, I'm just ready to get this started and then so we can get on the road tomorrow and truly enjoy the next, you know, three days. That's right. We're on the road to Dan's bachelor party tomorrow. So uh, they'll be joining me about, so you're leaving there about 9, so 10, 30, 11 a.m. You're uh, start the road trip down to Louisville. It'll be plenty of bourbon, plenty of disc golf, plenty of beer, plenty of fun to be had there. So hell, yes. we're geared up for it. We're all excited to celebrate uh, Katrina saying yes to Dan. Uh, yeah. Just a... Huge upgrade for her. So yes, she is. Hopefully, hopefully she realizes that. <laughs> what a boon that is! Like what a boon. She's marrying up. Oh, I love it. She is marrying up. She cool. is marrying up. Uh, I'm also marrying way up, so it's all right. Sometimes, sometimes you both out kick the coverage. Yeah, well, I did out kick the coverage. Holy shit. My mic crackling? There we go. I'm just on the wrong part of it. There we go. That sounds better. I don't know. Cables go bad every now and again, so you never know. I mean, we've done this for 349 episodes. So I mean, we have a typo on our damn sticker that we're giving out at the that, FFX that so Sunday. So that, that's perfect. Uh, the greatest but, fucking podcast you'll ever see. The greatest podcast you'll ever have. Uh, so, by the way. <laughs> If you're in the area of Ohio, holy shit, something is really sideways with the audio, either on this microphone or on these headphones, and it's going to bother the shit out of me. So we're going to oh. troubleshoot that as we go. Um, but if you're on your way to Ohio for some reason, uh, or you should plan on it if you're not, Canton, Ohio, a week from Sunday, from this upcoming Sunday, we will be there. Um, oh, yeah, we will. We are going to have some... Some one hit she- some one hitter sh- sheets for you, um, like a shot menu, if you will. We were gonna have some shot glasses for you if you pick one of those up. 
Uh, maybe every word spelled right. I'm not sure. And we'll we're going to have some stickers for you as well. So you'll have to come by the booth and, and say hi to old Dan and Chris there if you're there. Uh, and if you're coming through. So be sure to do that. Yeah. But three of which, we're not there yet. We got to drink a little. We do. Before we get into uh, mostly reading World of Roto World, we'll talk about the Hall of Fame games, some wins, injuries, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I got a cheap ass Walgreens pack of football cards that will open on the show, so. What's fueling beer fueled? Dan? I am drinking Little Beaver's Adventures Ahead. This is an Imperial Stout, aged in bourbon and rye barrels. This is about, I want to say, two years old, a year and a half, two years old. Nah, I've been sitting in my fridge for a long time. Um, decided to bring on some, bring on some of the bigger stuff on for the, for the pre, pre bachelor party episode that we got going on here. Uh, more of my thoughts in this area. And I'm going more traditional. I have a Bavarian Dunkel from Urban Chestnut. Um, so this is a dwarf beer. Urban Chestnut, one of my favorite breweries that does just kind of traditional style beer. Uh, so typically with a Dunkel, you'll get notes of cocoa, toasted malt, winter spice. So we'll see how this one stacks up. Um, got a growler of my own, own stuff that I'm going to bring to the bachelor party that you haven't had yet. That the people that have had say is very, very good. So Well, I'm fucking excited. So I'm bringing a growler of my own stuff. I got some bourbon behind me. Uh, well, I pick a bottle out. We're gonna get you a commemorative bottle, but we're gonna have you pick what it is out of my collection behind me later in the show. So, all right. I was looking for something special for you earlier this week, and I didn't just want to do Angels Envy Your Eye, and couldn't really land on anything. So, we're gonna pull That's something fair. out of my collection. All right, that is what we're drinking. So let's go ahead and get into to some of this newsy shit here. First off, uh, Carson Wentz foot surgery for the Colts. Injured his foot this week. Um, then Quentin Nelson also injured his foot this week. Uh, Carson Wentz. Uh, so two weeks, they'll know more so what his time frame is. Jake Lazer reports it should be closer to the five-week span than anything, which would put him at only really potentially in danger of missing a week or two. But worst-case scenario this, he's out until about halfway through the season. So. What do you make of Carson Wentz? And then Quentin Nelson also had uh, essentially the same injury. I'll be, uh, I'd be pretty shocked if Wentz returns early because even if he returns early, it doesn't mean he's quite a hundred percent. So we'll get to see just how long this lingers, and if he returns early, what effects that may have on him re-injuring himself in those prior weeks. Um, but as for fantasy wise, this is a pretty big blow. Uh, to the Colts offense. I was already pretty low on their wide receivers. This just makes me out of them completely. Because um, there's no reason to pay out for any of the three. Because there's no clue who, who, who the alpha is of this offense. We could say Pittman, but he's done nothing. We can say Campbell, but he's done nothing. And Hilton's 32 years old. And playing with the new quarterback again with, you know, I, it just hasn't really been effective over the last couple of years due to his own injuries as well. And now you have a very young quarterback in Jason Eason potentially taking snaps and starting week one, um, who's been, I guess, having mixed reports out of camp. 
I, I think the Quentin Nelson loss is probably bigger because the only real redeemable piece in this back in this whole team for fantasy was Jonathan Taylor. And no pass catching floor to him because Nine Heights gets all of those. And now you lose your best run blocker. And on top of already losing your starting quarterback, so you go from having a good enough offense to a bottom 10 offense to having a top five run blocking offensive line to maybe being middle of the road at best. Volume will be there, so Taylor is still going to be a decent RB2, but you lose his his touchdown, his touchdown, uh, the ceiling, and also even less so much of the efficiency that would come from having a good run blocking. Um, I'm probably going to fade Taylor uh, at his current ADP now, which is generally late first, early second. I do expect that to drop. But there's so many other running backs I would rather have over him that have and higher pass catching floor and a better offense, a more scoring opportunity. So Carson Wentz not a not a model for health. I agree on the wide receivers that if you're taking a dart throw on somebody, you take them late because you don't know what you're going to get. And that was honestly kind of where I was ahead of the injury. Is that yep. you take your dart throws late on your Colts wide receivers that you're not really paying up for any of them because. Why would you, right? Yeah. So, um, get to that in a minute. Sorry, distracted, flipping through football cards. Oh, Jesus. The other, <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that in a moment. So, the other side of it, though, is Jonathan Taylor and the injury to Quentin Nelson. And I think it does, you do have to fade him a bit. Now, he was being drafted as a top six back. So, how far do you fade him? Probably about the 8 to 10 range. You're not going to fade Jonathan Taylor that far because the volume coming out of Jonathan Taylor, um, you got to figure stands to, holy shit. I think the question is, it's just... Yeah, the volume coming out of Jonathan Taylor is, it's going to be good, right? So it's just how efficient can he be with Quentin Nelson out? And Colts have a good line. If you're going to lob the Colts O-line, you can't tank them that hard for losing one piece. The flip side of that is it's arguably... That's an arguably, piece that you just lost. Though. Well, that's, that's what I was about to say, best. is yeah, that it's the best offensive lineman that they have, so you're going to fade them some. But you can't tank it. I think you can fade them to back end RB1, and again, Quentin Nelson's not going to miss the whole season either. So, you just got to figure it out. But, I mean, there's, I mean, there's a couple of routes you can go with it though too. It, it, it's if Nelson is to miss more of, hit the back end of that timetable, and the Colts are let's say have won only three games or less, they may not, they may decide not to rush back Nelson. I mean, that you know that part always comes in the back of my mind is what if the Colts suck? Well, what benefit do you have rushing back some of your more important pieces when you can put them on on IR and just let them sit instead of try to rush them back in a lost season. So in that division, what are the odds of the Colts suck? I mean, you have an improved Jacksonville team. You have an improved Titans team, which should be the, the uh So the Titans, Titans team should be the and favorites. you have a very good AFC conference for your wild cards. So Titans team should be the favorite. You're right. Yep. Beyond that, Jacksonville still doesn't have a defense to speak of. I'll agree they're improved. Low bar. To call something improved. Um, Houston is totally dog shit. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm not disagreeing that they so, would 
they'll they'll be somewhat competitive. They're going to be competitive in the division Maybe early on. But do you see Tennessee pulling away with the division during that time frame? That's really what it's going to come down to. By week eight, do you think Tennessee has pulled away with the division so far that you're keeping Quentin Nelson on but, IR and you have no chance? Without Carson Wentz, yeah, there's a very real chance that that happens. I mean, you lean like you make your team one dimensional. It doesn't matter how good that running back is. Like, unless he pulls a 2012 Adrian Peterson and literally carries that offense to a wild card spot, I'd be shocked. And that's not to say that even if they are competitive, that they may not want to rush back Nelson. So you got to keep in mind also, Jacob Eason for. He's getting his first ever first team reps from a pure talent standpoint with somebody a lot of people coming out of college saw as an heir apparent. So him getting the chance, look, he hasn't had a chance yet. He hasn't done anything to fall other than recency bias. He has done nothing to fall off the the cart we put him on last year when he was drafted, which is this could be the heir apparent to Phillip Rivers. He's got the talent. He's the fourth most talented quarterback coming out of this class. Fourth or fifth. I don't remember. I'd have to look at who was in front of him. But either way, well, he, he had fifth. Fifth. Okay, fine. Yeah. But he added one of the best landing spots coming out of the class. Is a guy that we're looking at as an heir apparent that you're drafting late rounds because that potential is there who hasn't gotten a shot to prove or disprove that yet. And now he's looking at the chance of getting a shot and we're saying the Colts are dead in the water on a guy we were so high on that has done nothing to disprove that other than recency bias. I mean, I you were you had a lot more of an opinion, Tim, than I did. I didn't disagree with you where he was coming from, but they still only spent, what, a fourth-round pick on the guy. And he very much well could be. Like, he could come out. I don't think it's as much of a... playmakers around him, but he... he, he and we he saw what Wentz did last year with... But you saw it once did last year with no playmakers either, right? So, I mean, you know, is it that much of a downgrade at quarterback? I mean, I'm playing devil's advocate here. I but, know, I know. But is it? I mean, probably so. Because, I mean, at least we kind of knew what went. So, we have, again, you're right, we have no It's the devil you know versus the devil you don't. But that's not saying it's a downgrade. It's just this is what you know versus what you don't know. I think... My point to that is, if they really did like Easton, then why go out and trade for Carson Wentz? Like, if they thought that Easton could be that, based on what they saw last year, and based on all they scouted him as a, you know, potential piece, why spend why spend what they spent to go get Wentz? Um, maybe I forget what they spent to go get Wentz, but I mean, it was a second round. I think. It was the second round and something else where the condition of the second round pick turns into a first. I think if you play 75% of this, of the team's So the condition like should tell you all you need to know about Wentz, and I think it may be that they see the ceiling of Wentz is higher, but the condition that they put on it should tell you I mean, you also get a all benefit of know. having him very, very cheap compared to Wentz, allowing you to have this piece with the with a team that hasn't greatly improved his playmakers. So again, it, it just, to me, the Colts obviously said, you want to win right now. We feel more comfortable with Wentz. Again, it doesn't speak to Easton, you know, automatically sucking. Yeah. But it's not a glowing report of how they feel about him. I mean, they may go out and, and trade for another quarterback at this point 
even though it sounds like, again, if the reports are true right now, that Wentz may not miss that much time. Yeah, well, yeah, and, then, and if Miss only if Wentz only misses a week or two, and he's on the early end of that, because remember, this did happen very early in training camp. We were still a month away from the start of the season. Yep. To where if Wentz is back in week four of a 17-week season, keep that in mind too, then no, it's not a tank job, and you are bringing Wentz back, and you are bringing Quentin Nelson back, and then you don't you don't phase it that much. I would say this. If the evaluation's going to come in two weeks, you're still in the middle of training camp, you're still before your fantasy drafts, check back with us in two weeks. We'll see what the prognosis is. All right. I'm going to give you some... I want to go. I do want to double back to Jonathan Taylor. Sure. Because you put him at around the 8 to 10 race. So his current ADP right now... Without Quentin Nelson, yes. Yes, yeah. Right now, it's just like one they have today, is RB10 at the 111 spot. Okay. Tied with Austin Eckler and Aaron Jones. Um, I don't know that I would change that. Okay, I'll read off the guys behind Jonathan Taylor. Let's see how many you would take. If, if any, you would take over. Is him. one of them Nick Chubb? No, Nick Chubb's actually above him. Okay, which then is already shocking. Probably Nick not. Chubb is, then, Nick Chubb is the RB6 right now. Then probably not, but go ahead. But when you hit okay. Josh Jacobs, I'm going to go on a tirade. <laughs> Uh, directly behind him at the 203 is Najee Harris. No, rookie, unproven, bad O-line, not a chance. Antonio Gibson. Still not a chance, although I think that there is a chance that at the end of the season he does finish as an RB1. It's a guy that had not a lot of carries in college. He started to break out last year, got hurt. I mean, there's potential there. I don't think it's, it's, it's as insulated. Okay. Uh, Clyde was a lair at, at 206. RB13. A little bit of a disappointment last year. I don't think I'd consider him... He'd probably be considered same tier, but I don't think I would consider him above Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Joe Mixon. Hurt. Again. But... Yeah, hurt. Um, I have, okay. Again, sh- supreme talent, shitty O-line. Like, if you're going to put somebody in a tier, here's these supremely talented backs that have a shitty... O- that have a bad O-line... Or, in the case of Jonathan Taylor, have a slightly weakened O-line. I love Joe Mixon. Not the person. Uh, the back. What I don't... So, so far, outside of maybe Najee Harris, I would take all the backs before Jonathan Taylor. So, I'm not with uh, you. I am not with you on that. No. So far, I would consider them debatable. Yeah, I, I don't think I could say, well, you're you're a fucking idiot because you took them over Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. But I don't think I'd say you're an idiot the other, otherwise either. I think that, you know... Mixon is probably in the same tier. Um, Edwards Alaire, I could say probably not necessarily, just from a talent standpoint. He's probably a tier below. Eckler, I'd probably have a tier below, but you can keep going if you want. I really God, want you to. Eckler get... is, I, I absolutely love Eckler. I mean, that offense, it, it all, it all stems around their pass catching floor. Can you get to, we jo- know that targets are worth a lot. Can you keep going until we get to Josh Jacobs? Well, I mean, if you if you take Josh Jacobs over Taylor, I don't know what to tell you. But no, right keep, now, just keep going. There's, there's one I completely disagree with, and that's J.K. Dobbins. He, I mean, he's below Taylor. Yeah, but he's at the two twelve RB fifteen, which I love Dobbins as a talent. I know that you're on the fence about it, but that offense is very I'm, fairly similar in terms of I'm not, what they expect from the starters. I'm not on the fence about it without Ingram there. It's a wide open. I like Dobbins as ceiling way more than I like Gus Edwards and Justice Hill, so 
I well, mean, it's not about well, of course they have higher ceilings, but I would put you know Gus is going to have a role. Justice still doesn't do shit. I would put I'll, Dobbins in the same tier as I would Antonio Gibson, right? I mean, they both have a chance to to be RB ones. The talent is for sure there. It's just show me. No, I've seen more. I I uh, again, I uh, I just fall back on to not having a pass catching ceiling. What makes it tough, right? Because we know that the targets are worth more than carries. Well, the other or, thing hurting Jonathan Taylor are definitely worth more than carries, especially when we play in majority half point or full point. But PPR. that was always the case with Jonathan Taylor, though. The thing hurting Jonathan Taylor from having a pass catching ceiling was Naeem Hines, and that hasn't changed. I mean, I, I was always a bit lower on Jonathan Taylor for a redraft this year, though. Anyways, sure. So but... David Montgomery. I'll get to Josh Jacobs here in a second. David Montgomery is definitely below. Uh, Chris Carson. Yeah. Yeah, I would consider him below as well. I think that they're fair where they're at. David Montgomery, the issue is what did the Bears do with the offensive line, right? And if Dalton's under center to start the season for the first two to three weeks, then how is that any different from Wentz and Quentin Nelson missing time? Oh, no, I I don't disagree with you, David um, Montgomery. I do think Chris Carson, again... I love Chris Carson. He's going to get volume, and he's going to get uh, pass-catching work. Shad Penny's back, and I can't believe I'm the one that's saying that. But Well, sure, but it's not yeah. like we've seen Chris Carson not be effective with the Chris Carson's going to be effective. I am yeah. definitely an advocate for Chris Carson. Oh, no. Just not over Jonathan Taylor, necessarily. I I mean, in terms of also value, I do expect Taylor to uh, to dip, uh, dip further. Obviously, this is with a day to remove from it. Miles, or then we have DeAndre Swift at the 306. RB. How can you trust Detroit with, well, okay, where he's I, at, I, given everything you've listed off, I like where he's being drafted. How can you trust Detroit with anything? I don't, I obviously don't trust their offense, but again, I expect I love DeAndre. Volume. I expect to be there. I love DeAndre Swift, but. Yeah. And then your boy, Josh, uh, Josh Jacobs, 309, RB19. Which I think it seems a bit fair. It was actually a lot. I I, I want to say it was lower, and he's been rising up the boards. Well, yeah. It feels and like and all I'll say is, if you're on the fence about Josh Jacobs, go look at last year and go look at how you value a Nick Chubb or an Aaron Jones versus a Josh Jacobs, because you know Aaron Jones is all touchdown, and the Nick Chubb Josh Jacobs variance is only like twenty points, and the round variance is. Chubb's going to the first, Jacobs is going to the third. So I mean, when you're looking for value, I mean, unless you're scared of Kenyon Drake, which, again, this is how ebbs and flows go from season to season, right? I'm a big Kenyon Drake fan, but I don't think he's going to take everything away from Josh Jacobs. I think he's a nice complimentary piece. But again, the difference is it was 20 points last season, and your difference now is two rounds? I mean, don't get Josh me, Jacobs is, about- is going way too high. Yeah, I think, think Josh Jacobs be... is going too low. I think Jacobs no, no, no. is a value. Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is going I know. way too high. Jacobs, I think, is I think right Chubb's up. fine. Is the 107? Who's he ahead of? He's ahead of Barkley, Eckler, Jones. I would easily have them all above. Again, no pass catching floor. I love the offense. He should get touch and opportunity. But even Kareem Hunt stole red zone work from Chubb which is his most high-value touch he's going to get. He just doesn't get enough pass-catching work. So now you're begging for 
a Derrick Henry style of rushing. I think that just doesn't quite happen. I think much. you can put him in the same tier as an Aaron Jones or an Austin Eckler. I mean, I don't think it's egregious to take him ahead of those two or the other way around. I mean, I would be fine to let Nick Chubb side for, especially for Barkley. I mean, Barkley would be a Barkley's the one I don't agree with. Barkley should be higher. Yeah. But but Eckler in that offense, the biggest concern obviously is you know can his smallest frame actually hold up? But I I do expect the Chargers' offense to be very very good this year. Jones, thank God Jamal Williams is gone. But do you think that uh, the homeboy over there? No, because AJ Dillon Dillon's going to actually he's not going to take targets away. And they don't have a number two, and they still no. But I think he takes ru- the pass catch. But I think he takes rushes away, takes rushes away, and I think he nah. takes goal, some goal line away. I mean, you don't need to have a seventy percent plus to be, a, you know, you know, opportunity to share to be an RB one, a dominant RB one. Especially Jones is proven. You don't, but you also know just efficient. as well as I do that Aaron Jones's red zone efficiency and what he does with touchdowns is insane, insane, He's done it for and two years straight, not so. predictable and not not. You know, you can't necessarily repeat it. And if you had, let me put it this I mean, way: yeah, if you're an if you're an NFL coach, right? Yeah, you have Aaron Jones or AJ. D- a good problem to have, first off. But you're on the five, and you can put Aaron Jones or AJ Dillon back there. Who are you sticking back there? I mean, who's going to threat the defense even more in that zone? Like you can do probably a little bit more. The answer is Devonte Adams. The, the, like. answer, the answer answer is Devonte Adams. <laughs> The but, answer is always Devonte Adams, and that's fine. But, but no, that's a good, that's a great problem to have if you're Green Bay. Yeah, and then you know, the point is, is that the injury to Quentin Nelson, the injury to Carson Wentz, for what we know now, and we'll again, just like you said, we'll find out more about Wentz probably in a couple weeks about how long his timetable actually is. Like, I'm fine with fading JT. I'm not saying you have to completely disregard him because he's going to get a lot of volume, and volume is always king. I wouldn't fade him too not, hard. Yeah, like, like you're not going to drop him in, into the RB twenty range or any of that shit. Like, he's still going to be in that you know yeah. ten to fifteen. For you're me. dropping him a tier at most. Yeah, if that too. Yeah, I mean exactly. He might. I haven't gone through my tiers. It's just it just also shows. There's a lot of quality backs, and how you should try to get two of them in, in those first, you know, four rounds. There's a lot of quality, you know, to it. You know, guys like even guys like Miles. I mean, I don't Miles Sanders. I'm on the fence again, but Miles Gaskin, Mike Davis. I don't get how Gerald Henderson's a fourth round pick, but I'm not gonna get an that again because that's way too fucking high. Um, it, you know, then after that it gets a bit ugly, but that's where I stand on this. All right, so a couple more things. Jay Glazer making waves today. He is. Uh, um, other than the Wentz deal, uh, Packers have agreed to trade Aaron Rodgers if he still wants out of Green Bay following the 2021 season. Um, yeah, that's much be shocking. Yeah. Um, GM Brian getting cursed will back down and grant it if Rodgers still wants out. I mean, they have to still try to prove that the Jordan Love pick wasn't the worst first-round pick of all time. They have to try to salvage Devontae Adams. Adams said he's already going to leave. Like, I don't think they're going to pay. I don't think Rodgers stays if Adams leaves. I don't think Rodgers stays at all. I don't think he does either. 
Rodgers didn't want to come back now. It just made sense to him. I think that I think he's gone. This is the last dance. His yeah, and yep, yeah. As you've seen everywhere, all the memes and everything else that everyone's posting. Yeah, this, this is, is their last hoorah, and I hope they don't make the playoffs. <laughs> uh, well, either way, I hope they're both gone after this year, and maybe the Packers will finally be bad for both of our sake. Oh, well, I mean, if they trot out Jordan Love, it's only it's only ninety nine ninety nine point nine percent sure that they're going to suck. So, right. So, Aaron Rodgers, if you're a dynasty owner, um, look, if you find yourself not in a competitive place, especially in superflexes, might be a sell window this year. I mean, he should have. If you weren't a hyper competitive team. He should have been a sell for the last three or four years. Probably, but, I would say four. But your, win, but your windows? Well, two or three. But your Rodgers could retire. I think he does get traded. I, I think, think he might even be a cheap trade candidate, even for a bad team. I don't right. say bad team, but even for like, like we're not going to compete this year, but we'll compete next year. It might, might not be the worst trade because I think he'll get moved on to potentially a team like Denver who wants to overpay for aging quarterbacks. And... We know how good the playmakers are in Denver, especially compared to what he has right now in Green Bay. Um, obviously, age isn't on your side, so don't pay too much. But I think he has a at least I think he has about two or three years left in him. No, you got to sell window though, right? Because if you got a championship team and Aaron Rodgers lighting shit on fire, you're not trading him now if you're a championship. Team. No, if you're not a championship team though, and you have him and he's lighting shit on fire, you're gonna trade him. To a team that's in contention. Yeah, especially, I mean, if not now, I guess wait in, you know, until early season and try to maximize a first-round pick for him, which I think you should be able to get a first-round pick for Rodgers. Especially in Superflex. Yeah, especially even at his age. I don't think he's... He's, he's got two or three years first. left, and you don't know where he's going to land. I mean, he'll no, land somewhere. We absolutely don't. You just don't know where. And, he may, and they may not trade him. Like, even if, like, or he may retire... But if you're a contending team and they just want a championship, hopefully they'll take that that loss, and hopefully you have pieces in place at your QB one or QB two spot. Hopefully QB one spot. Hopefully you don't have both. Right. All right. Deshaun Watson. Texans still believe that he's going to end up wanting to play for them this year, and are not returning calls to teams interested in the trade. A lot of conflicting reports over the past couple of days. Uh huh. Philly has been. On the it. top team, obviously on that spot. Um, and, the, and now with the conflicting reports, obviously, who, who the fuck knows? They're probably still asking for far too much. Um, the biggest question is that I have for you, and I've been kind of thinking about this all day, is that if a trade happens for Watson, it, if you're the Eagles, how much of a guarantee is Hurts a part of that deal? Because I don't think it's a guarantee. And I actually think it's closer to like almost a 50 50. Hmm. If you're the Eagles and you're trading for Watson, I think that hurts. You want to hopefully have Hurts, hurts be part of that deal. I think that hurts has to be because you want to do that in lieu of giving up higher draft picks. Yes. If you're the but Eagles. But if you're Houston, do you think you're like. Hurt says what? Two, he'll have two years left in his contract after this year. So you have two years to try to rebuild oh. around him. Before you have to pay him, um, we only have a small sample size of who he is as a starting quarterback, so it could go either direction. Um, you just drafted Davis Mills, and oh no, you should have not, a high, Davis, I, I, I not Davis I Mills. 
I know, I know. But I mean, you still spent day two capital on it. Trust me, I'm as high as hurt. Uh, I'm as high on hurts as you are. Um, but you can be certain with the bad draft pick in a Davis, what should be what I've heard is a deep quarterback class in next year. Davis Mills, first off, is not a factor in this. Second off, I hope I fucking hope not. If, it is. <laughs> if if I'm Houston, I'm listening to whatever. Given the way that Bill O'Brien traded all of my draft capital, I'm listening to whatever on Deshaun Watson. I mean, do you would you rather have draft capital or Hurts? I mean, you're gonna get both if if he, if they are trade. Like you're not gonna get one or the other. Like, you uh, get both. But would you rather have more draft picks? If I'm Houston, I'd yes, rather have if more draft. If I'd rather have more draft picks if I'm Houston because they've got holes all over the damn place and you're not gonna pick someone with just Jalen Hurts for two years. Exactly. Exactly. So I think what I've I think the one note but, I've seen that's been sticking is that Devonta is that they're also asking for Devonta Smith. I don't know how I don't know sure that is, but I've seen it. I don't know why. And you know, if I'm in Houston, I want draft capital. I don't want Jalen Hurts and Devonta Smith. I want yeah. I want draft capital. This is the NFL. You're not it's not the MLB. You're not doing player trades. If that's I'm Houston, I, I want that, draft capital. I think that's why and if I'm this Philly, may not get done. But if I'm Philly, I don't want to give up draft capital because no, God, I also have an old ass defense to, and hardly and anything. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think that it's a trade that doesn't necessarily make sense for either team. Personally. I don't think either team should do it. I don't Unless either. Houston, that can get more. But we've also seen Denver. Sorry. Seen, I've, I saw Let Denver, Carolina, a part of these deals, or as the reported rumor team, in Miami. It's part of the rumored teams for Watson. Denver makes the most sense. If I'm putting all hilarious Drew Locke love aside, Denver would make the most sense as far as... I agree. Given the pieces they have, as far as give up some draft capital and let's go get this quarterback, Denver would make the most sense. You could also make an argument for Carolina, but they just traded for Sam Darnold. So, and, they, and they just spent the six-rounder, or a second-rounder compared to Denver spending, spending a six on... On Teddy, like you could break that a bit more. Yeah, so and I get it. I see it for Miami too, but they're losing all their fucking players at this point on offense. So well, and and for Miami, like you got to give two a chance, right? You went out and drafted him. So, but if you can get Watson in hopes and maybe he only misses a handful of games, well, that's the other thing is that it's not resolved, but. If you're Miami and you overperformed as much as you did last year, you got to give you got to give Tua a chance. They're not they might be yeah. a quarterback away, but you're a young up and coming team with an overachieving defense. Give yourself a chance to grow together versus I don't disagree with you at all. I don't think they should make that trade. I'm just trying to bring in Watson, so yeah. I mean, but I definitely agree. You shouldn't be part of it. And Watson's complicated too because you still don't know what the NFL is going to do about those twenty-two cases that have seemingly just fucking gone away as quickly as they came. I mean, look, I said it when they happened, and I'm going to say it again, and it seems more and more true every day. You remember when those cases dropped, and I hesitated to say this seems like a ploy to keep him in Houston as the trade rumors are picking up. This seems like a grab to keep him there. As much as I hate to to put that on anybody that's actually gone through sexual assault or anything like that, you can't tell me the more that the offseason has gone on and the more that those accusations have gotten quiet that it doesn't seem like that was a ploy to keep him in Houston. The timing of it was too fucked up. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. 
by any means. But the timing of that was so fucked up with trades building steam that it seemed like that was a Houston generated and Houston's a shitty franchise. That that was a Houston generated thing of let's keep him here longer. I mean, and I, then let's I, drive I down the asking that. price. Yeah, I'm. I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna touch that. <laughs> but I mean, nor should I, you. I, I mean, not enough people yeah. listen to the show for me to come under fire, so I'm good. But and I don't want to. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I don't want to like undersell. Like I never want to take away from the fact that this could be legitimate, or that the accusations are legitimate. And if they are, you're not trading for them at all. But why did they just go away? There's 22 accusations of assault out there, right? I mean, how many people have we seen just like that, gone for assault? Even quarterbacks, just shit happens from assault. Zero tolerance. It's just gone. It's like those 22 accusations didn't fucking happen. Why? I mean, next year you'll have your trials. I don't know why now. There was a YouTube video that was posted with one of the... It was not even an alleged victim. She... she didn't press or come forward um, in terms of as one of the 22 victims. She's just another person that went into very, very hardcore detail on what happened between her and Watson. And, and I guess that the Houston PD has been trying to get a hold of her and to interview her, but she's been dodging them. Why? I, if it was I, that I, bad, why are you dodging the police? Exactly. So... It, 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 like this is becoming this is only insane. This isn't Trevor Bauer shit. He didn't go punch somebody in the vagina. So, yeah. <laughs> like, the fact is, is that Watson hasn't spoke aggressively at all against it. I mean, I know they're probably they're telling him not to say anything, but if this was made up at all, like there would be so much. Like, like if it was me, like why would I let? Like sit there and not say a fucking thing. But I'm taking like, the I, other. I'm taking the other side of it though too, right? If it wasn't, why would the NFL be sitting by idly when there's 22 claims out there and not putting him on the commissioner's exempt list or not see, doing something the about problem, that? Is it, is why, that why would they it? not be doing something? And why would we have for the last three months not heard shit about this? The fact that they didn't put him on the exempt list during their investigation while they're still going through it. Is already a problem in its own way, and that's the biggest issue of it all. Is that again, you're, you're. I won't say you're rewarding, but you're letting somebody in in a much higher powered position and influence because he's good at football get away with something or be allowed to play and be, you know, put into a position to succeed to where he shouldn't play at all. Like Houston should not even let him play. It, it just speaks to the morality. But that's not shocking because of how many cases come out of these players that don't really do any like they don't serve any real time outside of Ray Rice, who's been booted out of the league. I mean, Greg Hardy had multiple chances. That that Darius Ga- Darius Geis shit was dropped, and he may come back still. I wouldn't be shocked that people aren't talking. But I guess there's more shit coming out about his days during his days at at. LSU that still hasn't been resolved. And I'm not yet, defending so we'll Darius Geis or Ray Rice oh, no. or any of that shit, but I mean, it's just one of those things, right? From and I guess that was more physical assault than sexual assault, but I mean, still the fact is, is that 
it came really quick when trade rumors were heating up and Watson wanted out and just enough to cool that off. And then it went away. I mean, Houston's a shitty franchise. I don't think they would compl- potentially try to destroy. Oh, I think I, I think they're that shitty. A person's a person's uh, future. I think they're that shitty. If they are, I just I just don't want to believe that a group of people would would come up in a room and decide to mutually try to destroy another human being's uh, career because they're a racist piece of shit and they're about to lose them. Like I I get desperate attempts, but this is <laughs> this is pretty fucking desperate. We'll see, but like I said, it came really quick. And then it That's went away. Funny. Why? Well, it, it it it's still here. It just it just hasn't been talked about. It's not like. But why? Because the media is going to grab onto fucking anything that they can grab onto. So why, for three months, has the NFL media, especially in the times when it's starved for news, because there ain't OTAs or training camp going on until now? Why was there not a, anything grabbed a hold of? I don't know. I'm not even who, who the fuck knows. And maybe there'll be some lawn broken out thing and then it'll come I mean, up. Chad Kelly can probably... go get beat with a fucking vacuum cleaner hose and it <laughs> makes headlines. But we got nothing on Deshaun Watson and his 22 accusations for three months? Speaks probably how dirty the NFL actually is. Uh-huh. Either way. This will be interesting to see how it unfolds. Either way, I don't think Watson's going anywhere. I don't think a team can take the risk that that unfolds that badly. Well, and I, I think, think that's exactly what Houston wanted. I think some teams are seeing it as we can get a franchise a quarterback for cheap. Because what we do know, unless you're Ray Rice, you can come back into the NFL. And you can't say guys because... I we mean, don't know yet. Jury, don't know yet. Jury's but still out. But Everybody besides Ray Rice has come back. And some have been successful, some haven't. But a team mm-hmm. can now go, hey, I can suck this year or maybe even suck next year. Watson, it, he, like, he probably won't get a full season suspension because the NFL hates weed smokers more than they hate, you know, abusers of women and children. Watson probably only gets six games. But has Watson been extended yet? Like, what's Watson's contract? Yeah, he got. I think he got extended last year. Okay. Um, I'll pull it up. You want to... I mean... Watson, yeah, so he's got... Uh, yeah, he just, I think he got, I thought he got re-signed last year. Yeah, he re-signed with his team last year. So, um, they'll be in dead cap hell this year and next year. And then after that, their, their potential, I'll quote unquote, per sports track is 2024. Yeah, okay. Uh, they have, they have no dead cap in 2025 and they're not in the green from, uh, cap hit to dead cap until 2023. Right, so that would be when it would be the first time. So again, like it's the one situation for a completely different reason. It is, and I don't see him moving. I really don't. I don't. I don't see a team taking the risk on. Well, I do. Well, and I mean, if, you're gonna get a franchise. But, but if you do, but if you do, if you see a team taking that risk, then you do not believe. There is fire where there is smoke from these allegations. Because the team is not going to take a risk on a guy that has 22 sexual assault allegations. The league, whatever team does, will probably be in conversation and have a pretty good fucking clear 
and what the punishment looks like for Watson uh-huh. from so, the NFL. Twenty-two sexual assault allegations. If the punishment is mild enough, you are. In, if the punishment is what it should be for those being real, you're not trading for him. For what it should be, well, we know the NFL has always been lenient. Again, outside of Ray Rice, it's been pretty fucking lenient. And I guess, I guess Peterson, because those were the first two real, real cases that put the NFL on blast. And then since then, you've seen, you know, Tyree Kill have his second chances again. Greg Hardy, uh. The guy from the 49ers that has been bouncing Alden around. Alden Smith. Yeah. These guys have multiple cases of domestic abuse, and they're still getting second chances. None of them have 22. And it's a sexual assault, not domestic abuse. Well, sure, but I'm, I would assume... Apples, and, or- apples and oranges. Well, yeah. So, I mean, look, something smells fishy here. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna try to. At this. No, point, I will. I will. Because again, not enough people listen to the show or follow me to throw me under fire. Something smells fishy here. There's something not right about a guy with that many claims that still has trade rumors surfacing around him, and not enough smoke on punishment of the NFL. And whether it's the whether it's fishy on the NFL's part for not doing what they should do, or whether it's fishy on the accusers' part and the cases' part. There's something fishy here. I'm not going to say who's being fishy, but something doesn't add up when you got a guy with 22 sexual assault cases pending and trade rumors of people willing to give up what they're willing to give up. Something on one side or the, the other. He's still playing. Or he's still he's playing, still, yes. He's still, he's still able to go to training. Something camp. on one side or the other does not add up here. And at the end of this day, someone is going to be fucked up. And I don't know if it's the NFL or the accusers, but at the end of the day, someone's going to be fucked up here when it all said, when it's all said and done. I'm sure the NFL will get dunked on either way. Well, probably. And what we could end up seeing is Watson gets deframed and put as a victim, essentially, and potentially ruins his life. Not even just his career, but his life potentially. I mean, we've, we've seen enough TV shows and movies to know that people can come up with some crazy-ass shit. Mm-hmm. Well, that's right. what I'm saying. is just I'm not saying what. I don't want to accuse. I don't want to say who. Something don't add up. Something doesn't. That I agree with. Something doesn't. Something does not seem right. Uh, let's see. Dalton Keene not practicing. Justin Jackson uh, taking higher up reps at training camp. Yeah, he should be. He should be taking second string reps at training camp and occasionally yep. rotating with Eckler. Justin Jackson has done nothing but perform when he's been given the chance to perform. It's a very, very open open job for that second role. Josh Kelly is not secure. I don't give a fuck about Larry Roundtree. I don't give a shit about Larry Roundtree either. Josh Kelly fell off hard last year, but Justin Jackson, when given the opportunity, has done nothing but produce. He's not been the most durable guy. But he's done nothing but produce when given the chance. He should be on every single dynasty roster at this point. And you should have been listening two years ago when we told you that. (laughs) And it doesn't matter. The fact is that he is the direct backup to Eckler. And if anything were to happen to Eckler at 200 pounds in a 17-game season, 
on a very good offense or to go get hurt or miss time for an extended time, Jackson should jump into that role directly. Be damned to Josh Kelly or Roundtree who are not going to get any significant pass catching work. Maybe they take mm-hmm. a couple red zone looks every now and then. But we know the Chargers offense is going to be very good this year. Jackson's the other guy. And yeah. again, if he had been listening to us for any length of time, <laughs> especially me, Justin Jackson's a guy that was a late round pick that we said, yeah, this guy's got it. And he's done nothing but produce. And he should be second string. Yep, he should be on all dynasty rosters or any redraft rosters with large bench large benches. Uh Kadarius Tony progressing physically at a nice rate. Look, if Kadarius Tony is used in the role he should be used in, he's a great best ball pickup. Giants are a fucking dumpster fire right The now. Giants are a dumpster oh fire. Oh my god. I don't want anything get just Barkley. I don't want nothing to do with Anybody other than Barkley in that offense. But you can't disagree with me. Kadarius Tony's talent, if he's used right, is good best ball pickup. Yeah, that's yeah, because I want to trust Dave Gettleman and Joe Judge to put the right pieces. I didn't know that against Joe Judge. And to use them and to use them correctly. And for Daniel Jones to be anything as he was the last couple of years and hopefully improve. I don't want nothing to do. He still has to compete with a lot of touches. With a lot of different receivers on this team, and, and the dysfunction around this team right now is, I, I just, I just want Barkley. I'll, I'll let somebody else you know, take a stab on Tony because when he gets dropped in a couple weeks, and then maybe he has a nice stretch when Galladay gets hurt again because he's having hamstring problems. I'll wait till Tony gets dropped. Hey, he got drafted in our best ball dynasty league, I think, but Cole Beasley didn't. No, Beasley did. No, oh, did I he? Mean, Tony should have got a draft. It's a forty. <laughs> 40 round pick when did Beasley get taken 40, uh, I think Snow took him at like round 38 gross and then he texts me he goes I understand why but round 38 I'm like I was almost ready to like I think Beasley's a piece of shit and he shouldn't be playing football but he's still gonna probably end up playing because the Bills don't give a fuck and he's still gonna be effective in a high part offense uh, KJ Wright visiting the Bengals. That would be a boost to them if he signs. Uh, Rondale Moore, more of an inside receiver, and Andy Isabella is more of an outside receiver. The problem is that you also have AJ Green and DeAndre Hopkins there and Christian Kirk there. So, looking at, uh, Arizona's got a crowded wide receiver room. I, I kind of see this. So, Kirk's battling injuries, Green battling injuries. Obviously, he's never going to replace Hopkins. It's not that's not even his role. No, he'd be. It wouldn't surprise me if more by not even halfway through the season. That he'd Moore be replacing is, Kirk, is what he'd be doing. Yeah, is 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 maybe more is, is the number two target getter in this offense by maybe halfway through. Like well, it, it wouldn't shock me. You know, second round pick. Hopefully, he's used in a way that allows him to be effective. I and mean, and more is what he is, right? He's a second round dynasty pick in rookie drafts. He's. I gotta qualify in rookie drafts. He's a second round pick there. He's not on and shouldn't be on your radar in redraft. And that's basically You can throw how him that on goes. a watch list. Yeah. You can see how that number two spot actually plays out. Because I, I I like I don't think Green's, there's any certainty that 
Green no. or Kirk will have the number two but spot. The problem is that if they're all somewhat healthy, there's no certainty that anybody's going to have the number two spot, and that's where you run into complications. Is that, and that's fine. You know, you've got Hopkins who's going to command a lot of targets, and then you've got Green, Kirk, Isabella, and Moore fighting for targets behind that. And at least Green and Kirk have earned the right to get some of those targets. Moore coming in as a rookie. He could be the second target getter, but I think it's going to be split enough to where you're not necessarily interested. I mean, I'm not saying ahead of a, yeah, no, you don't go out and draft him ahead of a I'm watch list. I'm not saying list. you have to draft him. I'm saying because what are the likelihood that all you know four of the backups to Hopkins stay healthy? We'll probably have an idea some way point through that point. Even if they're all healthy, more at this point is more talented than mm-hmm. than everybody on that roster besides Hopkins. And Christian Kirk returned to practice, by the way. Oh, he, okay. Is your inside receiver? So there's that too. Which is which is actually a good role. It should have been his role the whole time. Yeah, so Kirk and Moore are both inside receivers. Isabella should be an outside speed guy, but AJ Green's also going to be an outside guy, and that's where your problem is because Hopkins is also going to be an outside or an inside guy, depending on what you deploy. There's so many combinations here for the Cardinals that really just all benefits Kyler Murray. Thankfully, they run the highest uh, four receiver sets in football. So also true. Thankfully, and hopefully, they I mean, they ran a lot of plays, but hopefully they, they actually pass more. Hopefully, Murray decides to pass more than just kind of take off and run. Well, you should be because you got everyone healthy and four wide receiver sets that are. Yeah. Christian well, Kirk. Just, yeah, just, that yeah. are Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore, AJ Green, and DeAndre Hopkins. That's a pretty good receiving gore. Yeah. They also just ran the ball a lot last year. A lot yeah. of plays ran as a team, a lot of rushes. Uh, <laughs> holy shit. Titans released Deshaun Kaiser, but the holy shit here to me is that Kaiser's still only twenty four years old. He was, I think, he was the youngest quarterback in he was seventeen class. He was, he was like twenty one, twenty. Yeah. He's like twenty twenty one. Yeah, he was yeah, fucking. He young. was young, and we said then he shouldn't have come out, but yeah, no, they uh, released him. So Deshaun Kaiser's still floating around somehow, and they signed Matt Matt Barkley. Yeah, God, because Jesus Christ, pray to God that nothing happens to Tannehill. Uh, Jalen Rashard sidelined indefinitely with a foot injury, so we are still, we all know that Jacobs and Drake. It doesn't mean anything. It still doesn't mean Josh uh, Jacobs will receive any more pass catching work. Well, no, because Kenyon Drake's still there. Uh, Kirk returned to practice. I already yeah. told you that. Kenny Galladay, hamstring injury already. Probably going to miss two to three weeks. That's kind of the case for Kenny Galladay, honestly. I no, I want none of them. I don't want anything nope. to do with the Giants other than Kadarius Tony. And oh my god, I hate you so much. I know you do, but hey, it's and I only want Kadarius Tony in best ball. There's going to be two to three weeks this year where Kadarius Tony goes off and is good in best ball leagues on your bench. I I don't mind having Tony. If you pair him with Daniel Jones, uh, Robert Griffin the third broadcaster now. Yeah, going to ESPN. Hope he he can't be worse than Booger McFarland. Nick, this one's for you, buddy. I love this. <laughs> Sam Darnold and Dan Arnold strong connection at Panthers camp. <laughs> How many times do you think broadcasts are going to fuck that up if this becomes a real connection? Darnold and Arnold? I Darnold don't, Arnold. <laughs> I don't know, but Dan Arnold's a thing, uh, and I'm here for it. I I pray 
that Dan Arnold can have like a significant stretch to where Nick has to live with you reminding him every fucking time he touches the football that he exists in the league. Oh God, I pray. Kirk Cousins. Oh, piece of shit. Uh huh. Kellen Mond uh remains on the list. COVID nineteen list. I think he has like a day or two left. Uh it could still lead to short term availability for Cousins, who is stubborn and stubbornly and politically refused the vaccine. Nate Stanley was also activated on Thursday. So it's it's come out this day, because Cousins uh gave his press conference after uh practice that they're they're changing rooms so the QB room can be bigger. And he's talking about, I think this is pretty fucking real, about putting a pexiglass around him. This man is so against... <laughs> he's going to put himself in a penalty box? Because, <laughs> yes, because God will protect him. Like, I said this to Stompy on Twitter today. He, in the same state, watch Carl Anthony Towns lose his mom to COVID but yeah, Kirk Cousins will go, nah, bro, I'm good. I got God to protect me. Fuck you, Kirk Cousins. Fuck you. <sighs> but I need to get that off my chest. Get your goddamn vaccine. I mean, look, we're not a political show, and this isn't a political statement. This is a humanity statement. Get your goddamn vaccine. Like, my body, my choice. <laughs> Fuck you and get the vaccine. Yeah, you're really, whether... Whether you like him, whether you believe, do your research, right? If you're fine with mRNA, go get, well, don't ever get Moderna. Moderna sucks. Like, Moderna scares the shit out of me. Go read, do, go do your research on them and you'll be scared to death. Oh, I already got Moderna, so. Pfizer? I'll let you know what happens. Probably nothing. You're probably fine, but Moderna just scares the shit out of me. But, <laughs> Pfizer, look, company that gives you a boner pill isn't gonna fuck you over on a COVID vaccine. The last thing they want to do is try to fuck anybody over during a pandemic for a right. vaccine. Like, stop uh, reading your uncle's con. Like, stop reading your uncle's super Johnson and Johnson posts on Facebook. Yeah, Johnson and Johnson. Look, there's been some questions about that, but if you're against mRNA, go get it. For yeah, Pfizer, if you're waiting for FDA approval, they should have it by the beginning of September. So plan it. Ah. Uh. It's a humanity question, people. It's not a, it's not a political question at this point. Millions of people are vaccinated. Nobody's died. I know one person that caught, uh, Bell's palsy, which is temporary. Sorry. Right. They're, they're more concerned because they were told that the vaccine was going to prevent people from getting COVID. I didn't realize that um, it's 100%, you know, preventable with the vaccine. So, <sighs> so here's the thing. If I put on body armor, not like night body armor, but like police body armor, right? Protecting my vital organs. I still might get shot in the arm and the leg, but I'm not going to die. That's kind of what the vaccine's doing. You're not... I'm going to get a bruise. 99.96% chance that you're not going to die. You might have sinus infection-like symptoms, but you're not going to die, and that's the other thing. People are focused too much on immunity versus... What happens if I do get infected? And the fact is, is that if you get infected and you're vaccinated, it's going to be a lot less severe than it is. And it's certainly not be severe if you're not. 
But the chances are it's going to be a lot less severe if you are than it is if you're not. Yep. Get fucking vaccinated. Uh, no trade imminent or developing for Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson. Let's not rehash that 30-minute discussion. <laughs> nope. Anthony Schwartz missed the last few practices with a hamstring injury. Speed guy with soft tissue issues. Stop being if I've heard that one before. I like Anthony Schwartz, so I took him in uh, our dynasty best ball league. I like him too. It's a good, good dynasty best ball pickup if you're playing that. Kyle Allen missing time with an ankle injury. He's behind Taylor Heineke and Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> By the way, Donovan Peoples Jones lighting up Browns training camp. Yee yee. Uh, by the way, I had a Ryan Fitzpatrick look going on yesterday because I had a beard that was about down to my neck, but I got my hair cut. <laughs> so. Oh, you should have kept it. I thought about it. It would have been similar to what you look like, honestly. I would have enjoyed it. I thought about it, but my kid likes to grab it too and pull on it, so I gotta get it. That makes sense. Oh god, Miles Sanders news. Expect Miles Sanders and Boston Scott to split touches this season. I don't. I don't what what's happening to Philly? Why? They have I I like why is right. Like I get it, Sanders was a massively inefficient as a pass catcher last year. We drafted Gainwell, who's better than Boston Scott. Mm-hmm. At least has more upside. I don't know if he's better at the second, but definitely has more upside. He's definitely the best pass catching back in your on this offense at this moment. Yeah. But, Why would you split? I mean, they might. Well, it doesn't specify what the split is. You read that and you say fifty fifty. If you're telling me that it's seventy thirty, I believe you. But anything more than that, hesitant. Boston Scott is a jag. It's just, it's just, it's just showing Philly. They, they, they have, they've shown no loyalty to Hurts, which we talked about earlier in the show. And so, Smith dealing with, you know, Smith dealing with injuries. Are you saying these hoes ain't loyal and Philly is these hoes? <laughs> yes. Yes. Don't ever make a hoe a housewife. And, uh, Philly is a hoe. Or I guess the housewife in this scenario. Uh, Levine Toilolo towards Achilles. So, yeah, Evan Ingram. Irv Smith, um, under the radar, tight end pickup this year. Shining in red zone drills at training camp. Irv Smith is a guy that's going to have flex or better value most weeks, I think. Yeah, well, I still want to see all this offense shit. Like, I, I don't see them throwing as much on a per game basis this year. Improved defense. With people coming back injured, um, the improvements they made in free agency this year, the draft picks made, um, and then you know get a couple guys that opted out from last year as well. I, I don't see this defense being so bad as it was last year to where Minnesota has to throw the football football as much as they do because they've clearly shown in during the Mike Zimmer era that if they have a lead, they will just run the football, mm-hmm. regardless of what they should be doing in that you know sense. It's I it's hard for me to to see them being the highly uh pass happy team to where Irv Smith is gonna be a trusted tight end week in and week out. Hey, let's talk about Sam Ellinger for a second. Off to a faster start than anticipated in Colts training camp as we talked about Jacob Eason. <laughs> so first off, is it possible that Ellinger 
unseed season. And second off, let's talk about Ellinger the prospect because I'm pretty. I I, I, I remember, think you're the only person that likes him. I didn't even like him that much. I liked what the statistics said, given what he did. Um, okay. I'm pretty sure that he's one of those guys that. Stati- if, if, if you believe in Easton, there's no way you should believe that Ellinger can beat him. Ellinger sucks. There's <laughs> no way that you can believe if you think that Easton has a shot to be anywhere close to Wentz, you cannot believe that Ellinger is anywhere close to him. I mean, you, you can talk about him as a prospect. I still think the Colts may bring somebody in, bring, may bring some veteran in until Wentz is back, and then they just release either. Said a veteran or a Sam Ellinger. If Ellinger doesn't even go on, on, uh, I forgot what the term is. Practice squad? Yeah, practice squad. Like he made, you forgot the term practice squad. I forgot the term practice squad. I'm so fired up over here about how much I don't care about Sam Ellinger. I care about Sam Ellinger. Oh, you're so nice. Like you just root, you like the root for the underdogs. Ah, uh, to a degree. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Look, Sam El- this Sam Ellinger's statistics as an older senior, well, not an older senior, he's 22, is the age he should be as a senior. Sam Ellinger's statistics said that, yeah, he could be when you baseline him. The tape did not agree with that. Um, he had some ability to rush and pick up yards and scramble, flashed some accuracy in the short and intermediate game. He's not a game breaker by any means. Um, uh, that last note was because I had something nice to say. There just isn't much impressive outside of cumulative stat lines, and that's exactly how I feel about Ellinger. So, you know, I, I made the accuracy and athlete notes because I had to say something nice because the stats were there, right? And stats, to me, say more than film because I'm not a pro scout. But film-wise, lack zip, slow through his reads, Accuracy was sp- suspect. Holds the ball longer than he should. Forces throws into coverage. Lacks elite accuracy. So, really, I don't like Sam Ellinger that much is what we're getting at. <laughs> I just remember he's that statistically he lined up okay. He's a, he's a guy. All right, he, He's anyways. a guy, but he probably should not on CD Eason. Anyway. Uh, anyways. Yeah, and let's skip over all that. A lot of for some free agent news. Marquise Goodwin, consistently problematic for the Bears secondary in training camp. Marquise Goodwin is and he going to be? So, so is he playing <laughs> flanker or not flanker? I guess is he going to be the X guy with Robertson as a flanker and then Mooney? Is Mooney going to be in slot or is he going to be Goodwin? The problem is, is that Mooney and Goodwin are both speed guys. So, unless they're just going to stretch the field to death and have Robinson and Cole Komet working underneath. So, a tree Cohen out of the slot? Could be. Ooh. I mean... I like that more than it's trying to... Very well could be, because that's the problem with Goodwin and Mooney is that they're essentially the same, right? You're both They're both field stretchers. They're both deep guys, and Mooney is kind of the... Mooney is kind of the... Younger Younger. version of Marquise Goodwin. And we know that Goodwin can be productive. We've seen it. So, 
you know, I, I don't know that if you put them both on the field, then yeah, you're, you're going to be throwing deep and you're not going to be doing that with Andy Dalton. But with Justin Fields, they can make for an interesting dynamic. You have, I think you, you got Komet, Komet, Cohen, and uh, Robinson. Komet, Cohen, and Robinson working short to intermediate routes. So empty backfield. Maybe you, you, uh, you motion, uh, Tariq out. You have, Robinson lined up playing big slot. Goodwood or Mooney on the outside with maybe Komet also. I'm trying to like picture this happening in my mind. Not bad. You know, Komet's got some opportunity to make a splash with them not having a true slot receiver. Maybe we see more Mooney play, you know, play, or not Mooney, sorry, uh, Komet play more big slot. Yeah. Um, it's certainly interesting. The Bears is, are going to be interesting, interesting, and everything is pointing to Justin Fields starting. So. Because he fucking should. I don't care about his slow start. There's still no reason to uh, he's, the field. The slow start is gone. Everything has been hyped that I've seen. Perfect. As it should so, be. Uh, Julio Jones missed the last few practices. Bears signed Alec Ogletree, another linebacker. Uh, Bears defense appears to be a little bit above average, not dominant like they have been the previous few years. Well, I wonder what A.J. Green's... Uh, I wonder if you could just get cut. AJ or Julio? AJ Green. Oh. Julio, they're probably just going to ease back. I think I've, I think I've read that somewhere that they'll, that they're just going to take it easy. Uh, Joe Looney retired after saying that he loved the fact that the Giants had to run a bunch after a brawl at camp. New York's a fucking shit show, man. He just said, "Fuck it." Oh, you gotta love it. It just. That team, I feel bad for a boy, Matt Hicks. That's his team. Giants are his team. Uh, Nikhil Harry looks the best he's looked in practice by a wide margin this summer. Good. Good enough to get traded. That's how I view it. AJ Green. I guess they, they won't cut him. Don't buy into the hype with Nikhil Harry. Jalen Waddle flashed as an outside receiver. Yeah, he's ex- he should be the deep threat there. Jalen Waddle, I'd expect to flash as an outside receiver. That's what they drafted him to do. He's just got to stay on the field. He's already battling. And there's, pe- I, I guess there's people in the organization that still don't think he's back completely healthy. Stafford has a thumb injury. Stop me if you've heard that one before. Just be healthy. There is uh, a lot of opportunity. Here's one to talk about. Offense. Joe Burrow's skittish. Did we, you read that post? Yeah, we've that both was, seen that. And yeah, oh my he's God. struggled that, badly that with is, interceptions and inconsistency. He's seeing ghosts. His largest throw was 10 yards. No, I, I, I do expect him to be better. I mean, obviously, you can't assume that, his, that the wheels have come off already. But what is, what is there? Is there any sort of chance that he could be the next David Carr or the Bengals just, or I guess even next Andrew Locks up? Luck was obviously successful and I think bigger than, you know, than Burrow despite the Colts never having an offensive line around him until, I guess, what, fifth or sixth year? So I think he's more the next Luck. I mean, I think training camp is going to work through some mental things and maybe he should be, right? I mean, I've never had an ACL too, but I can imagine that you're going to be a little skittish for that. Um, Bengals don't have a great O line. Um, 
He's still yeah, less than nine months removed. He, and he's less than nine months removed from it. So I would say that I'm not concerned yet. But if these reports continue late into training camp, then yeah, you're worried about the yips. I'm going to make note. Um, I'll make note of it. I'm not doing anything I, with it yeah, yet. Yeah. Like, like, there's no, like, I'm going to fade Burrow heavily or I'm going to trade all my Burrow shares in Dynasty. N- none of that. But I will keep note because I, I still think there is. A lot of truth to this is not just them trying to be all like, you know, dramatic about it. I, yeah, you know, the Bengals improved their offensive line, not by much, but it's, it has been improved by just getting players back and healthy and them addressing. Well, yeah, the There's been a lot of high draft picks on it. They've just all been hurt. Yeah. And, you know, they address it in free agency. They addressed it again with a high draft pick this year. So um, we'll see. Yep. Uh, with Trey coming out, Damian Williams and Prestige this year on Bears camp. Andy Dalton reportedly said the week one Bears starter. How is it going to make you feel if Damian Williams is actually effective as a Bear? Like, are you going to be, like, when you have to, like, say something positive about him? He's not going to be. I mean, I'm I'm not going to have to. Andy Dalton on track to be the week one starter. This is Mike Glennon all over again. Oh, fucking stupid. Hey. Uh, Galladay pulled his hamstring. We already talked about that. Yeah. DJ Dallas has a shot to be the team's primary third down running back. I mean, did, I, I guess that just speaks more how they feel about about Penny. But Penny was never a huge pass catcher, so. Dwayne Haskins looks surprisingly good in training camp for the Steelers. You know what? I'm rooting for Dwayne Haskins to beat out Mason Rudolph as the backup. So. Hall of Fame games going on right now. Both Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins have played snaps. Rudolph went six for nine, 84 yards, 9.3 average. No touchdowns, no picks, no sacks. Dwayne Haskins, eight, eight for 13, 13 54. Uh, 4.2 average, no picks, touchdowns, or sacks. That's pretty bad. It's nine, to pretty, f- it's nine to three. It's pretty, I mean, again. Oh, Kalen! Be- <laughs> hold on, wait a second. There has been one touchdown in the game for the Steelers. Oh God, there has happened. Hold on, Kalen Kalen Balaj, averaging three point eight a carry. Kalen Balaj has gotten into the end zone. Balaj is the best backup to Najee Harris. You, it, we better fucking pray that nothing happens to Najee Harris when Kalen Balaj is your best backup. Yeah, you, you knew it was going to be something when I mentioned it. Oh, my God. That, that is not, not only are they playing Najee Harris way too much, and they played both Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool for no fucking reason. The fact, <laughs> the fact is that Balaj is their best backup. So let's pray that nothing happens to Najee Harris. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Just made my, that just made my night. The Kalen Balaj. That uh, Kalen Balaj, that uh, Pittsburgh is like it's like trying to ruin their players. Phil Rivers would not re- rule out returning the NFL in December or January. So yeah, if there's a playoff team that is a quarterback that gets hurt, call me up. It's going back to Indy. Yeah. Uh, Michael, Michael Carter, Carter, a step above the other three running backs. Yeah, I'd expect that. Michael Carter should be highly talented and easily beating out T- Ty Johnson, Tevin Coleman, and Lamichael Piran. Still don't care. Uh, care enough to spend a late round pick. Yeah, if he's, uh, I got ADP pulled up. Michael Carter going six eleven. 
in between Melvin Gordon and he's actually going above Trey Sherman. Shit, he's going in the sixth round. Six eleven. So late six. Mm, yeah, six. fuck that. That's a little I would much. take Michael Carter Carter in double digit rounds. I don't trust the Jets enough to take Michael Carter that early. Michael Carter in Dynasty, yeah, I love Michael Carter. I was high on Michael Carter. You were. I, I like me some Michael Carter. That you uh, do. I cannot justify Michael Carter in the sixth round of redraft. The Jets have proven absolutely nothing. A complete overhaul on their entire offense and coaching staff. There's going to be growing pains. I don't see Michael Carter handling any sort of majority workload. I think it's going to be a shittier version of what the Niners run. And that means just if you're going to take somebody, take them late. My best bet is just to take who's ever not hurt. Yeah. And that's, and that's if any of them are effective. Like, I don't, I don't like, I, I don't really care about Michael Carter. I, 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 I don't think he's anything much in Dynasty beyond maybe the first couple of years. And if he does blow up, I'm trading him for whatever shares I have of him. So, uh, Taysom Hill, uh, being used in an array of zone reads and designed, uh, sorry, Trey Lance being used in a, Variety of zone reads and designed runs for the 49ers. Did I say Taysom Hill? That must have been a Freudian slip. Oh, man. It's almost like you think Taysom Hill and Trey Lance are anywhere similar. Yeah, well, no, Trey Lance is obviously better, but (laughs) fuck Taysom Hill. And he should still be a study. Did you see the athlete that is Jameis Winston? That... That video is fucking incredible. I, I he stayed off the ball really well. I agree. That video is incredible. He stayed on his feet. He took hits in the pocket. He didn't go down. I mean, look, he that's ran what you want through running back drill. <laughs> that's what you run, want from your quarterback is to take hits and stay up. He looks like what you look like after the Cubs made it to the World Series. <laughs> stumbling through, but still coherent enough to keep his footing. <laughs> James Winston's going to look like us this weekend. Or Saturday night <laughs> this weekend, weekend. yeah. <laughs> ba- barely staying up and stumbling through whatever God things will hit us. By the way, who is rooming with who this weekend? How I'm many rooms three. did Nick get? Three. Yeah, three. Yeah. So it'll be two, two, one. Yeah. You're probably by yourself. Probably. So, probably him and Andy, me and Dickie, if I had to guess. Probably. Okay. Former first-round pick, Josh Jackson, is working out for the Giants. I wonder if it's at tight end. Everybody's moving to tight end. KJ Hamler, COVID-19 list. Kadarius Tony. His on-field debut Tuesday. Jalen Rager passed his conditioning test. Good for him. Cooper's close. Goldman, COVID-19, Jalen Hurd, uh, worked into team drills for the first time in training camp. How do you feel about Jalen Hurd? Well, temperature check, because I know you loved him. Well, that was Hicks. I mean, he's big, ex-running back. He, he actually, you know, fits what the Niners like in their receivers to be great after the catch. Um, he's probably, if he even makes the team, he's going to be firmly behind. Ayuk and Debo. I don't remember who else they have beyond that. Richie James, I think, is still there. It's a pretty wide open spot for that third spot, but 
it's a low volume passing offense when they're playing what they want to play. And when Lance actually takes over, you have a rookie quarterback who will likely be more run first than pass first. It's hard for me to get, I, I can't get excited about a lot of these receivers. And that also includes Kittle. I'm uh, giving them price. <clears throat> you know who I, what I can get excited about? I'm going to look at their ADPs. Who, who, who can you get excited about? Oh, God. Broncos no. offensive no. coordinator Pat Shermer no. said he's seen the best version of Drew Locke in training camp. What is that, <laughs> what is that even? Best, best, like, is that him wrapping a lawn to Young Jeezy and Yeezy's put it on, like, with, with some sunglasses on? This is the best version of Drew I've seen. He's done a really good job. Teddy's got experience. He's got experience in multiple offenses. But this is the best version of Drew I've seen. Oh Sounds a lot like Drew Locke is going to be your Broncos starting quarterback. And, uh, you know, look, I don't know if Drew Locke or Zach Wilson is going to have the better season, but I'm here for it. It hurts so much. <laughs> I just... <sighs> Lock just it in, baby. Lock it in. Denver, just, just trade for Watson. Nope. Give up Drew Locke. Drew Locke. Process. <laughs> Cortland Sutton's a comeback player of the year candidate. Drew Locke at quarterback. I mean, the only reason I want Locke to be the starting quarterback over Teddy is that I like Sutton's chances with Locke more than than Teddy. Uh, it's just because uh, Locke's a real quarterback. Uh, is he? I don't even think the best version of himself is a real quarterback. Hey, the Vikings have the lowest vaccination rate in the league. Yeah. Fuck Kirk Cousins. Yeah. I think, and also fuck Adam Thielen. I think Harrison Smith is also part of that. Uh, let's see. Kirk Cousins, Kellen Mond, currently on the COVID-19 list. I mean, this, yeah, this is... At least Zimmer, at least Zimmer is so pissed off about this that he's trying to out his own players for believing for some of the things they believe in is woof. Zimmer's a G. Let's talk Zimmer's about a G. Let's talk about Keith Kirkwood for a second. You saw everything that went down there, right? With Kirkwood? No. So, dirty hit in training camp. The Panthers literally released the safety that did it yeah. on the field after that hit. They're like, you're done. Good. Undrafted free agent. Popped Kirkwood helmet to helmet. Kirkwood had to be carted off. Carolina released him within 10 minutes. Good. So that's fucking st- like uh, Kirkwood's stupid. out of the hospital now. I didn't even know Good. Keith Kirkwood had moved on to the Panthers, but out of the hospital. Glad he's out. And hopefully, he can get back on the field and have a chance to make the roster. Says he's already a lawn shot, but you you hate to see that. Hey, Pittsburgh scored again. Was it Kalen Balazs again? Oh my god, no, it's even better. Oh no. Mr. Alien Man himself. Josh Hobbs? Joshua fucking Dobbs throws a touchdown pass to something named the f- Tyler four- Simmons. The fourth string quarterback, Josh yes. Dobbs? It sounds like Tyler Simmons sounds like 
a player, a part of that Duke lacrosse team. Does Josh Dobbs or Dwayne Haskins make this team? Or Mason Rudolph? Who's the odd man out? There's going to be three quarterbacks. I think Do- I think Dobbs gets cut. I think Haskins beats out Rudolph for the number two spot. I think Haskins beats out Rudolph for the number two spot. I think they value Dobbs as kind of that coach Dobbs r- rule cut. too much, and Rudolph gets cut. I mean, I'm fine with either of them. I just cut. hate Mason Rudolph, so I'm hoping. Yeah. I... I I don't have any faith in Haskins, but I think he's the best out of these three and at least can, you know, be competent enough and have the arm strength enough to somewhat push the football downfield. I'm not going to say it's going to be great, but at least it opens up the field more. That's great. I agree with that. What do you think about your beer? All right. Again, for those, for those 15 people still listening, thank you very much. I am drinking little. (laughs) If it's even that high, you give us way too much credit. Yeah, that's true. I am drinking Adventures Ahead from Little Beaver. This is an Imperial Stout, aged in both bourbon and rye. Um, dark fruit is pretty heavy, and this is a bit sweet. Like I said, it's been about a couple of years since I bought this can. Um, it's a bit thin. Not that it's a bad thing. Um, it's just there's not a lot of body. I don't think there's a whole lot of body to it compared to the other Imperial Stouts, and maybe that's because it's aged in both. Maybe that's because it's what been was it age in? Years. It it in both rye and bourbon barrels. Gotcha. It, it doesn't say what. It doesn't say for how long. Um, just depends. Some bourbon barrels yeah. don't give you a lot either. So, for example, uh, you know my relationship with Old Harold here in Collinsville. I do. Um, Derek is aging a stout in an old Weller barrel. Uh, Weller one hundred seven barrel. Nice. Good for him. Uh, yeah, except the barrel is not imparting shit on the beer. So. I mean, sometimes that just happens to where you get a barrel okay. that just doesn't impart a lot. And I mean, I, I've seen a lot of people will age that on Weller barrels for like 18 to 24 months. Too. Yeah, and he's still going, hoping to get something off of it. But I mean, I think that That's fair. it's just if the whiskey extracts X amount, you're just not going to get a lot off the barrel. You're not going to get a lot of sugars or a lot of body off of that. I'm just I'm not overly impressed with this. It's not bad by any means. It's very much, you know, drinkable. If you like barrel aged stouts, you'll probably be, be like you you would drink this if someone gave you a glass. You try it. I I'm not covering away impressed by it. I think it's just it's fine. It's not like the elite you know representation of this style is just okay. Yeah. So um First and foremost, it's basically the Drew Locke of Imperial Sounds. So fantastic! <laughs> ah, I love it. So, I will say this first and foremost: I am very, very much a whore for good traditional style beers these days. You are, um, you know, adjuncts, and we're gonna throw a million hops or a million different things into a, a beer has been so overdone here recently that yeah, it's old. I, I'm very much like drawn towards more classic style beers like Dunkles and Dubles and you know Hefeweizens and Box and Porters and more your traditional style beers so in uh, saying that I'm super happy with Urban Chestnut because they do a lot of those and this Dorf Beer Dunkel is is no exception. Um, you know, typically in a dunkel, you're going to get some, you're going to get high malt notes, not necessarily caramely. 
And yeah. it definitely has that malt sweetness, but it doesn't border on caramel. There's a little bit of a cocoa backbone to it. Um, slight roastiness overall. Really well done. Really well balanced, balanced beer. I mean, look, dunkles aren't released by everyone. So it's hard to say like, this is the best I've ever had or this is the worst I've ever had, but it's a very drinkable beer. Um, I think it, represents the style well based on my understanding what the style is supposed to be and you know i i would definitely drink i mean they're in they're pint-sized but i would definitely drink four more of those if i could so um and again that's just me being a whore for traditional style beers so we've had we've had two trades happen in our listener league dynasty listener league uh, within the last, did we get teams actually plugged in for that? Yeah, it's all ready to go. Oh, we, we're, we, I traded. We're drafting. Away. We're starting that draft tomorrow, aren't we? Yeah, I uh, earlier this week I traded with Ryan Meyer a first round. I traded Darnold for a twenty-two first round pick. Um, one of the trades that was just made, I don't really care about. There's outside of Justin Jackson. Um. And maybe John Brown, but there's it's a bunch of third and fourth traded. This one's interesting to me. Austin Eckler or a twenty one Austin Eckler or the one oh five this year. Obviously super flex, you know the leagues and it's a super flex uh, tight end premium. Sixteen teams. Probably Eckler. So I think it fits if if you're not competing, I like the draft pick. If you are competing, I, I love the fact that you're going after Eckler. So I think it's a very fair deal, especially if both teams are getting their players, you know, for the what I would think would be for the correct reasons. Like you don't need to hold on to Eckler if you're not going to compete this year. And you don't. And, and I think it's worth the risk of the 105, which you're going to miss on. Probably the top four quarterbacks, maybe mm-hmm. I would think so. And you're looking at Chase Harris, ETN. Maybe Mac Jones. So yeah. All right. Uh, Stafford thumb X-rays. Prescott shoulder injury. You concerned about any either of them? Prescott shoulder injury described as more of a baseball injury. No, I, it, we're so we're so early on in the training camp. So the same thing. You know, kind of like about Wentz. You know, come back to me if this is still a problem. Yeah, we'll keep it we'll through the season. We're gonna keep track on this throughout the yeah. throughout training camp. I mean, as of right now, I'm not concerned. Dak's very familiar with this offense. He doesn't need to have an insane amount of reps. Dak shouldn't play any preseason games to begin with. Um, same with Stafford. Even Stafford onto a new team. There's you just lost Acres. There's no need to risk out Stafford, who should at most play one series in preseason, yeah. and if that. Um, Elijah Moore finally get to work with the first team. He is ascending in that offense while Denzel Mims, which is already new stuff the last week, but yeah, worked his way up. Moore's it was. Oops, sorry. Go ahead. Nah, Moore's working his way up as he should be. Mims is is down, which I don't get because you're gonna need another outside receiver opposite Corey Davis, which Moore can play outside in. So I mean, you have I guess. The thing with the Jets, though, is that you have options, and that's going to be the problem. And Elijah Moore is probably the second wide receiver you want there, outside of Corey Davis. Because 
you can put more outside and roll Braxton Berrios into the traditional slot roll, or you can move more inside and then you have options on the outside with Keelan Cole and Denzel Mims. They have a lot of slot receivers. And Jameson Crowder, too. So you can put more outside and have Crowder in the in the slot as well. So, I mean, they've got options on that receiving core that are not necessarily bad. I think more has more versatility than anybody else, and versatility matters. Call back to season one. But versatility matters. So, you know, I think Moore is probably your second best bet in that offense behind Corey Davis. He's for sure to take one of the outside receiver spots. I'm more I'm more happy that he's getting there's a lot of praise with the chemistry built between him and Wilson. Like it wouldn't shock it like we know that that Davis is the wide receiver one to start week one. Yeah. It would not shock me if Moore has has uh taken that role and then some by halfway through. We you and I both greatly believe in Elijah Moore. I've been on Elijah Moore for two years. Like I love this kid. And I hope, like, despite how I feel about Wilson and despite the Jets being a joke of a franchise, they've, they've made all the right moves so far. And mm-hmm. I'm very much intrigued the by only, what this passing team could be. The only reason you lean Davis season long over Moore is that he profiles as more of a traditional outside wide receiver one, but Moore is just hyper athletic and is special. So it's really, it's so it, it's really difficult to see. I mean, like, yes, so Davis should be considered the one. Does that does that mean that he sees the most targets with more? Obviously, he's on a new team with a new quarterback, new coaching staff. Everything's new to him just as much as the more. Just depends, um, but you want I, you I want like the, one I, or the yeah. other. I mean, like, if you can get one, get one. I'm gonna look so with ADP as of right now. Uh, where's everybody? So they're going back to back. Elijah Moore. 11-12, wide receiver 53. Corey Davis, 12-05, wide receiver 54. They're, they're, they're literally back-to-back. And I think it's fine. If, if either of them start to creep up to delay single rounds, I would start to fade them in, in redraft. Um, but both Moore and Davis going as double-digit round draft picks, I think is completely fine. And... Great as your in-the-bench dash. Top platinum autographed Greg Robinson rookie card. Nice. Look at you getting autos of players that no one cares about. <laughs> That's stupid. I want you to get a Blake Bortles one so bad. I, I want to get oh a Blake God, Bortles one so bad. I, I may look at... Have Blake Bortles cards on eBay and see if I can get you an early. I have a Blake Bortles UCF card. You you do yes. And you were so. I've never seen someone so happy. I say I'll get you Zach Wilson, but that's going to cost too much money. But Blake Bortles and even probably Drew Locke's autos in their in whatever season. I think seems very fitting. As a gift. Uh, no one in this world would appreciate that more than you. It's true. Uh, let's see. Tell you kill me tendonitis. Pay attention to that. I have knee tendonitis. It sucks. And I said that he's what? Oh, never mind. Yeah. ETN has been uncoverable in training camp. That's why you should only make him a third down back, Urban Meyer, you fucking idiot. 
but I want him to use him like Percy Harvin. Yeah. Uh, Calvin fine. He's fixed following surgery. There's who? Ah, uh, Calvin Ridley. Oh, right. Anyway, I'm gonna go through these cards and let's call it. So that so that should be it. Yeah. See if I get anything good in here, other than you know the auto I just mentioned. Uh, nothing from the Notre Dame back. I don't think. Mike McCoy. Is that the <laughs> offensive coordinator? think so. That's hilarious. Playboy's Lineman of the Year in 1969. Because <laughs> that was a real award from Playboy. It was Lineman of the Year. That's amazing. I absolutely love that. Something called the Keith Jackson. Keith Jackson. I have no idea. I don't either. I got a great... A Reagan Upshaw 1996 draft pick card. I don't know what that's worth. Probably nothing. Probably nothing. Um, Mark Edwards. Nope. We got a Marvin Jones Jr. card from Detroit. So, I mean, that's for these packs, that's pretty good. Getting a Marvin Jones from Detroit. That's actually mildly relevant, at least. <laughs> Freeman McNeil. Jets running back. You're familiar with him? Got a Demarius Thomas Broncos card. Not a rookie card, but... Oh, that seems like fun, so though. Sophomore card. Yeah. It's at least something for me to put in there. A Donnie Jones card. Prestige 2010. Clinton Portis. Clinton Portis. Yeah. I love it. I got a Clinton Portis. Not I love, I love anything Clinton special, Portis. but I love Clinton Portis. Clinton Portis was a good running back. There you go. Dennis said he's going to mail us a Chris Winky card right now. Nice. Chris fucking Winky. Denarius Moore. Chrome. Ooh. And in his Raiders uniform? Yeah. Calvin Martin, Tim Brown, week 10 of something. I got a Reggie Roby. You know who Reggie Roby is? I do not. Sounds familiar. Uh, <laughs> Dolphins punter from 1991. <laughs> Jalen Samuels has 11 carries for 20 yards. That's terrible. So Eric Dickerson. It. Ooh. Raiders. That's something. Trey Sermon. Trey Sermon. It is. That's actually Oklahoma. That's not even Ohio State. That's his uh, original it, team. Trey Sermon in his Oklahoma uniform. Love Ian Brooks, Edgerot, T- Kyle Trask. I'll throw that one off to the side. I have no idea what Shane Simpson is. I've already gotten a Micah Parsons, but I'll throw that to the side too. Sam Ellinger. That's topical, at least. <laughs> you got one of those earlier. That is a thing. Something called an Eli Harold. I got two Keith Jacksons. No, I just put them under the wrong finger. Okay. <laughs> anyway, $5 Walgreens cards. Occasionally, you'll get some interesting shit in there. <laughs> Keep in mind, I use the term interesting, not good. I'm looking at Blake Bortles' auto cards for you. Are you? 
They're expensive. Some of these are just like, well, why? Did I tell you that I'm probably going to see the Jaguars and the Bills in November? That's awesome. Yeah. Um, my boss and I were like, hey, we want to go see a former person that we used to work with who lives in Jacksonville. And he's like, pick out a game when the Jaguars are at home. And I'm like, looking at it and I'm like, Jags, Bills. That's the one. That's the one. That's the one. I want to see Josh Allen. I'm still thinking about going over to Baltimore and see the Ravens and Browns play in November. Oh, yeah. Last week of uh, November, I believe. I'm going to wrap this up so we can just talk about yes, shit let's wrap on this the show. Shit up. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, your next episode, do you want to go next Thursday or do you want to just wait and do something live from the exit? Yeah, let's wait and do something live. All right, we're going to do something from the expo. It'll either be with Roto Lounge because we're probably staying with Brad at some point or... With whoever we find at the expo, which could be Ball Blast, could be Headliners, we don't know. So, we'll have something for you next week. We have no idea what it's going to be. We have no idea what the topic's going to be. If you're looking for something to do, looking to get out of town, Canton, Ohio next week, weekend, FF Expo, tune, tune into that shit. Tune in. Come say hi. We'll have shot glasses for you. And if Dan ever fills out his players, we'll have giveaways for you, too. That'll be there, too. We'll have one-pagers for you. And, but you gotta and, do, but you gotta do that sometime before like next Tuesday. So I can get them printed. Okay. I haven't done mine either. I'm just giving you shit. <laughs> I love it. See you guys. See ya.